Welcome to the Single and Sunday School podcast. We are so excited to be here this week. Um, this week we have something kind of special. Um, when this podcast was in the beginning stages of us trying to figure out how we would do it and if we would do it, um, Cody Page had the opportunity to record a podcast with a special guest named Keely. Um, and we're so excited to share it with you because it was one of those things that afterwards it was like, ooh, I wish I could have been there for that. But it's so good. The content's too good. We have to release it. So I'm not a part of this podcast um, because it was preliminary, pre-Ashley being part of the podcast. But um, it's so incredible. And Cody Page, would you like to tell people what they can expect? Well, Keely is someone, it's actually really funny. I, I We didn't talk about how Keely and I met. Um, I was dating a guy that went to her ward and we went to go sit by her and um she was scooting over and i was like oh i bite so you might want to scoot over more and she laughed and then we started talking and we realized you know we were like kindred spirits sure and that's the last time i saw her <laughs> and we just were we decided to add each other on facebook this is 3 years ago when this happened by the way yeah and so when um oh i've got my party glasses on i can't take myself seriously with those <laughs> that i can't even see like anyways they're anyways so, <laughs> um, but so when I, when we were talking about starting the podcast, I was like, you know what, who, who would be really great is Keely because she is a seminary teacher and she has really found her footing in why she wants to be a follower of Jesus Christ. She took her own kind of journey and ended back up back in the church because she was seeking peace. She was seeking that that feeling that she couldn't find anywhere else and she's really cool she's really funny I was talking to her about oh maybe you guys could try this in seminary and not in the podcast this was before and she was like oh yeah I've done that I was like yeah you don't need my help you're really cool so anyways so I am really excited for you guys to hear this podcast because she is one of a kind she's really cool and yeah I hope you enjoy it as much as I did This is my friend Keely. She's here to join us today for the podcast. I'm really excited because she's a seminary teacher. Yeah. So she's legit. She's going to keep us on the straight <laughs> and narrow today. <laughs> no false doctrine today. <laughs> no Hopefully. promises. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, and Keely, how long have you been a seminary teacher? Uh, just about three years. Cool. And so you teach what age? Uh, 10th, 11th, 12th graders. It's not early morning. It's during school. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Release time seminary. Awesome. So that's really nice. Do they, do a lot of kids want to be there or what's the vibe in the room? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> not really. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a culture here, uh, that I didn't see in Idaho when I was teaching, but mm -hmm. here in Utah, there's a lot of kids who get kind of pushed into it. Yeah. Um, a lot of them have questions about the church that they don't feel like they can ask oh. because of the culture and they struggle a little bit with not having the choice to go or not go. Hmm. Um, so there's a large part of my classes that are just sitting there on their phones or playing games or oh, really? whatever. They're yeah. just on their phone. Yeah. Just trying to zone out. I, I know that they're still kind of listening. Yeah. Right. And they, most of them don't have any beef with the church. Okay. They just don't know. Right. As for like questions, like, do you ever ask them like, Hey, you can ask any questions. Like, has that come up before? Yeah, actually that's a, a big part of my class is every Monday we do question day. I love that. Yeah. 
right, so you have questions every Monday. That's yes. so cool. How does that go? Uh, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, I just have them write down questions anonymously, mm -hmm. and we put them in a big bowl, and I draw them out every Monday, and we just address them as a class. Oh. We try to use the principles of acquiring spiritual knowledge nice. that they do for doctoral mastery. So it's examine concepts and questions with an eternal perspective, uh, seek further understanding through divinely appointed sources and act in faith. So we try to like work that into the questions because mm -hmm. some questions are just really hard and sure. I don't have the answers, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. And so we figure out how acting in faith might look for that particular question right. and stuff like that. So. Man, I want to come on Mondays. Like, it's I, awesome. I love it. That's so cool. So do the kids answer their own questions then? Do they have Sometimes, yeah. Life? Yeah. Sometimes, depending on the question, right, The their classmates might even answer it for them because I don't know whose question is sure, whose, right? Sure. Right, right. And I think that helps them to be a little bit more open mm -hmm. because of the social stigma that has always, well, in my experience, has yeah. always been a part of asking questions in the church sure. you're afraid that like you're gonna look stupid or you're going to be like hey you're not supposed to have questions like that or whatever right yeah. and so they open up a lot more with those questions and some of their peers might have had similar questions and already have an answer yeah. so that's awesome so do, you, do they have these moments where you can just see the spirit is like answering that question? You know? Definitely. Like, definitely. I love that. So they're learning personal relation right there and then. Yeah, that's the whole goal, right? Um, there are things that you're taught when you grow up in the church that you think you already know, mm -hmm. right? But then right. when it comes to like a trial that you're experiencing, that's when those principles are kind of put to the test. Mm -hmm. And you have to like kind of question, do I actually know that God loves me? Or do I actually know yeah. that Joseph Smith is a prophet? Right. Or have I just been fed Saying that information? That yeah. Right. Go up yeah. And my testimony. Like, I, know I believe the yeah. church is true. Yeah. 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 Right. I feel, I feel like when people go up and they say, I know this, I know this. I'm like, good. I, I hope you do. But if you don't, that's okay. You yeah. say, I believe, or right. I am praying about knowing this. You yeah. Know? I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah, I went to St. George once, and this lady got up, and she said, I have been struggling with my testimony, but I want my kids to know that I know that God lives, mm -hmm. and I know he loves us. And it was so powerful because, right. you know, sometimes we go up and we overshare in a way that might be uncomfortable for other people. I know because someone with autism like myself, you kind of have a hard time knowing what is appropriate, what isn't in a social setting. Mm -hmm. And you, and then you look around and you're collecting data and you're like, okay, maybe that was the wrong thing to say because mm -hmm. I can tell by these faces, people are uncomfortable right now, but I didn't know. But it was one of those moments where she shared just the right amount of pain and struggle. Right. And I think it's okay to overshare. I'm not going to judge people that overshare. Right. I just, I'm always like hyper aware in a social setting, like what is appropriate? What is it? So that's me. That's not mm -hmm. saying you have to keep it to whatever. Anyways, my point is. She shared just enough where you could be like, I struggle with that too. Or how beautiful of you to be so vulnerable. Right. And then to still have a testimony. This is my testimony though. I'm like, right. that's what it's about. It's not going up and being like, I know this, this, and this, and this. And getting down mm -hmm. again. Because it's like, well, you know. And right. that's not as powerful to me as the people that are vulnerable like that. Right. So I love those questions. Like seriously, I'm like, I want to come to your class. I'm like, come on. I can come. Let's go. I, come in. I used to go to the MTC every Wednesday when yeah. they had new missionaries. And uh -huh. they did this new program where they had three people speak every week to the new yeah. missionaries. And um, it was really powerful um, to see. They, they kind of picked people that had maybe non-stereotypical lives, 
in the church mm-hmm. and had us just share our story. And I actually do that. Oh, you do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Then <laughs> TC got it from you. <laughs> that's so cool. And I love doing that, though, because one of the things that I said was, like, when I went on a mission and got married and then got divorced, I'm in this group, and you you were in it, too, until you got married, so I'm sure you saw it, of a lot of return missionaries who got divorced that were like, I did everything, God, and mm-hmm. then you took it away from me. I right. thought I was going to have, you know, and for you, you didn't get married until last July, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, I don't, I'm not going to speak for you, but I think a lot of people that didn't get that life, the way it was drawn out, and they're like, but I went to the temple, I went on my mission, I mm-hmm. kept the commandments, you said I would prosper in the land. And to me, prosper in the land meant X, Y, Z. Right. But I looked up and, are you a scripturian? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we can try. <laughs> well, I, so I think it's, I want to say, Al, let's say Alma, I don't know. Um, but it's, because I know there's multiple places in the Book of Mormon where it talks about prospering in the land. I think there's, mm-hmm. I don't know, at least a couple. And one of them, right before he says it, right before, a couple verses before, he said, what I mean when I say prosper in the land is that you will be warned. Okay, he just looked it up. And so it's in Alma 48, 15. He says, if they were faithful in keeping the commandments of God, that he would prosper them in the land, yea, warn them to flee or to prepare for war according to their danger. And also that the Lord would make it known unto them whether they should defend themselves against their enemies, and by doing so, the Lord would deliver them. So he specifically says that's what he meant when he said that they would prosper in the land mm-hmm. in that specific people or whatever yeah. in that situation. And for me, it was really interesting because the Lord has warned me about things before they've happened. And one is really funny and I feel comfortable sharing it, but recently I was dating a guy and he said, I'm going to come down instead of you driving up, I'm going to come down here. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. Cause we were kind of far apart and we had planned on me driving up. And I felt the Lord say, you guys are going to break up. And I was like, Oh, that makes sense. And it started to un- like untangle in my mind. And I was like, you know, I think that's a good idea. And when he came, <laughs> he came over. I'm laughing and I shouldn't be laughing. I'm not laughing at <laughs> I'm laughing. No big deal. Yeah, we just broke like, up. We're going to break up. <laughs> such a maniac. <laughs> um, so he came over and he was really sad. And I, and I immediately was able to say, I know. And he was like, you know. And I was like, yeah, the Lord told me. Like, you know, yeah. we're, we're, he was like, so we're going to talk about breaking up. And I was like, yeah. And it was really cool because he, I felt like it took this weight off of him because he mm-hmm. felt really sad, but it just wasn't right. And we both cared about each other and it was just nice to be warned, yeah. you know, just to get that heads up and, and to, and I just thought of that scripture, like you'll be warned. Like that's what prospering right. the land means in, in some ways, but prospering the land doesn't mean a perfect life. Right. Well, and I, I love in that scripture how it says, according to their danger. Yeah. Right. Like we all have different things going on in our lives and we're guided based on the things that God needs us to know according to our danger or according to our situation. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like some things we don't need to be warned about. Right. It's not dangerous. Yeah. But it was convenient for me to know we were going to break up instead of me being like, hey, lover boy, and kissing (laughs) on him being like, actually, I want to break up with you. You know? Awkward. That would have been awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Heavenly Father spared us that. And I really enjoyed that. I think that was very kind of him. But that was one of the things we want to talk about today is the Lord keeping his promises. Yeah. So I think for me, uh, growing up in the church, I I grew up in a, it's an idyllic place. It's this tiny town in Southeast Idaho. And 
Um, but it wasn't a very idyllic upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was extremely abusive, like right? Physically. physically, emotionally, verbally, all sorts of abusive, yeah. right? And it was wow. it was rough. It was traumatic. But sure, because of that, growing up in the church, like I was taught about a loving heavenly father, and mm-hmm. that just did not make sense to me. Sure, like it. I was you like, yeah, sure, whatever. It. I don't know what that is, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so because of that, I, I don't feel like I ever developed a testimony of who God was or mm-hmm. my relationship to him at all, like growing up. I went to seminary and I did all the little Mormon girl things, sure. right? Yeah. Because what else are you going to do in a small yeah, town, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. But I didn't really have that. Was you know? he religious, by the way? Yeah, he, he was a member that. of the church. Okay. My parents went through the temple, like, right before I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a convert, actually. Mm-hmm. So um, by the time I was, like, eight years old, he'd kind of become anti-Mormon. Okay. Um, but he'd been abusive, like, my whole life. So I feel like that's confusing, though, too, when you go to church and you're taught something, mm-hmm. and then in your home, it's different. Well, see, but that's the thing. I didn't really see that it was different, oh, okay. right? Because, like, I, we would hear the story of, like, Noah, right? And I'm like, no, yeah. that fits. Cursed his son. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Right? Or, or like, he just wipes out the whole human race sure. except for his favorites. That sure. tracks, sure. you know? like yeah. The Old Testament is Yeah, hard. so I, I only saw that. And, and so I didn't understand the doctrine of a loving heavenly father. And so I just didn't have a relationship with him at all. And so then when I graduated from high school, I was like, peace out. I'm done here. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm cool. I'm going to go and live my life. I I stopped living under this pressure of keeping commandments to a God that I didn't know or believe in. And I felt very good. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I felt so great. And I, I was kind of in and out of church for like two years. Like I would go when I was home, but then when I wasn't, you know, (laughs) I'm done. Like what age is this? Early 20s? 18 to 20. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, um, like four months before, no, three months before I turned 20, I, um, decided, well, what happened? I was, I was sitting on my grandma's porch and she looked at me she's like, Keely, you don't seem very happy. And I'm like, grandma, <laughs> I'm always happy. <laughs> I can have a good time always. <laughs> yeah, I'm Keely. Yeah, yeah. I am the party. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I didn't understand why she didn't think I was happy. And I'm like, grandma, I'm fine. And she's like, no, really, you don't seem very happy. And I, I was like, grandma, shut up. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, don't, don't. <laughs> shut up yeah, about it. We're doing service level right <laughs> yeah. now, grandma. And uh, <laughs> it just kind of stuck in my brain. Like why she didn't mm-hmm. think I was happy. And, and so I started to think about my experiences. Like, am I actually happy right now? Right. Because I thought it was. And yeah. I, I'm usually happy. What is happiness though? Happiness right. Exactly. Probably safety. Right. You're exactly. Safe, so you're happy. You're yeah. good. That, it's like bare minimum, right? right? When you're in trauma and abuse, you're yeah. like, oh, I don't have that hell anymore. Right. So I'm good. I'm feeling yeah. great. Yeah. 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 I got a low bar. Yeah. And so like, I... I did feel happy, but it was not the kind of happiness that I now experience, right? Mm -hmm. Or that I had had glimpses of in the past, right? So when I thought about my experiences, things like testimony meetings at girls camp or moments in seminary, like they, I was like, actually, that was a really good moment for me, Yeah, you know? And so while I'd been away from the church, I'd been studying other religions, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out this whole God thing and... I felt like if I was willing to study all these other religions, I might as well read the Book of Mormon for the first time in my life. Yeah, might as well include that one. That's fine. Might as well. Yeah. Yeah, While we're here. (laughs) So I started reading the Book of Mormon, and I did feel like 
the kind of happiness that is beyond your circumstances, you know, like I didn't have to have a perfect day to be happy. As I was reading the Book of Mormon, I noticed more days like that. And so I started to go back to church a few months before I turned 20. And then this, Cody Page, my life is ridiculous. Okay, so (laughs) here's what happened. Four months. Four months after (laughs) I started going back to church, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was at 20. 20. Yeah. And it was like a big deal. The tumor they found was the size of a softball. You and were in pain then? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't even stand up straight. I oh, was literally dying. I'm happy, but I'm dying. Oh, great. <laughs> I just have a softball stand. Yeah, me. it's fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, I, so, and, and this is, this was a big moment for me, right? Because a few months before, I had gotten a patriarchal blessing. Mm-hmm. And in my patriarchal blessing, it said that I would be get blessed with the glorious gift of motherhood. And that's like impossible. Yeah, with ovarian with ovarian with, cancer. They take out the right. So yeah. they um, the plan because it was such a big tumor and it was so aggressive. The plan was just to do a full hysterectomy. Sure. You right. know, at 20. and at twenty. <laughs> and so I, Gosh. I had a hard time with this because I was yeah. like, "What the heck, man? I literally just started coming back to church." Right. Where's my prospering yeah. in the land? Right yeah. Now? I'm yeah. keeping the commandments sure. now, yeah. and now I get cancer. Right. Like that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. That's your welcoming. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. Not a casserole, yeah. not yeah. a cake, but here's some cancer. And here's some conflicting information yeah. with yeah. the So I had a hard time with this, yeah. but um, I just kept doing the things that made me happy, right? The yeah. scripture study, going to church, just doing my best. Yeah. And um, about a month after being diagnosed, I had surgery. And um, in this surgery, it's it's crazy so i went in for surgery i come out of surgery first of all my tumor in the three weeks between being diagnosed and surgery my tumor had like tripled in size oh my word. and it had grown its own arteries and vessels and i was bleeding out into my tumor and i only had like a week to live okay no yeah deal. yeah it's yeah. fine yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. so i go in for surgery i come out i'm a little bit loopy still but my mom was in there and the doctor comes in and he's like, hey, there was this extra stuff in your body. Um, he said that it looked like raw chicken skin, which is disgusting to yeah. think about. But but he said this extra stuff covered my uterus and my other ovary and went completely around my tumor. <gasps> so I was totally fine. It like protected you. 100% protected me and my uterus and my other ovary. So I maintained the ability oh to have gosh. kids. Right? Oh and um, I learned a lot. Right. I learned that Red Sea's still part, right? He's still a God of miracles. I learned also that if he's willing to make a promise to little old me in a patriarchal blessing and then defy scientific statistics to keep that promise, he must care about me. So this idea of a loving heavenly father made a lot more sense to me after this experience. And that also he always keeps his promises always. Even if it doesn't make sense how it's going to happen, yeah. he does. Yeah. <laughs> right? And he can do anything. He can. If he, he really can. If he wants something to happen, he will make it happen. Right. It's kind of like they say with dating. If a man wants to do it, he'll do it. He it's will. like if God wants something to happen, it'll happen. And if he didn't, it mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to happen. Right. I, I just, I believe in, I, I live in black and white. It's hard. Right. I'm like, I know gray area is really helpful. But when I black and white brain, I'm like, God's like, it's either going to happen. And, and if it didn't, it wasn't supposed to. Like, 
Like, right. or it wasn't supposed to happen at that time, right? Right. Yeah. And and so, like, sometimes we get in our heads how things are supposed to be. Sure. And so when it doesn't happen that way, we think, oh, God doesn't love me. He doesn't right. keep his promises. I'm just sitting here like a fool waiting on something that's not going to happen. And that's just not true. Right. Right? He always keeps his promises. If he didn't, he wouldn't be God. Yeah. Right? He would cease to be God. Right. And so I learned, I started to realize that after that circumstance. And so there was other things too. Like I was single for a very long time Mm -hmm. after that. Like I, I started to go to church more and get more invested in the gospel and I wanted to serve a mission and I did all those things. Right. The whole time waiting for this celestial marriage and children that I was promised in my patriarchal blessing. And um, I started to get to the point where I was like, yeah, it's happening in the millennium. I, right. That's, I'm oh, cool. That's me too. Yeah. In the millennium, thousand years. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. This life is meant to be miserable. It's right. fine. Right. <laughs> and like for some people that, that might be how yeah. it's going to happen and we just don't know. Right. But um, then I swiped the wrong direction on a dating app, and here I am married, and I have three stepkids. Like, here it is, celestial marriage and children. And you didn't even have to use your own I'm good! Yeah. <laughs> you got three kids, you yeah. Birth them. Yeah, it's, it's the life hack of the century, okay? I get to be the young grandma and the older parent at the same time. Right. It's great. Yeah, that's great. So are you planning on having children then of your own? Um, we definitely want kids kids cool. but you know i'm 32 i've got one ovary and medical you do issues have one ovary, yeah okay. i do have one ovary so i don't we don't know for sure if i can like sure. i at this point i've had three miscarriages okay and so we're just not sure but i don't doubt that the god that i believe in keeps mm-hmm. his promises sure and i do see my stepchildren as the fulfillment of that initial Absolutely. promise and so i'm good yeah you know? And I hate when I say your own kids, because I hate that phrase that I just yeah. even use. It's I'm all like, good. I'm like, kids from your womb. I, I don't <laughs> know how to, you know, but yeah, you have three beautiful children right yeah. now. Yeah. And you, you, you were late today, which was a good thing, because I slept in. You were late today because you were taking care of one of them. And yeah. I love that. She Like, when she talked to me, she was like, oh, my daughter is having this thing. We're taking care of something with my daughter. Yeah. And, um, I was like, oh, I love that you just were like, yeah. that's my daughter. Not even, you didn't add step in front of it. And yeah. I really, I love that is that they're your children. Like you, yeah. you, I, I, every, every single mom wants a, a mm-hmm. future husband that's going to talk about their kids like that right. or vice right. versa, you know, right. and gender. So I love that, that they're your kids yeah. and it is a fulfillment of those promises. Of course it is, you right. know, like there's, they're human beings, they're children. They deserve to be loved as equally as the ones that come from your own womb. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just, I feel like the more I've looked back on my life and the more I've seen promises fulfilled, the more I've realized how much God does care about me. Right. I think sometimes as we're in that waiting period for promises to be fulfilled, we start to doubt God's love. We start to doubt his investment in our life, but our lives are his whole deal. Yeah. Right. Moses 139, my work and my glory is to bring to pass the immortality and the eternal life of man. You're his whole purpose. Yeah. He has nothing better to do. Nothing to better to worry do. Worry about your life and make yeah. sure you're getting your promises. Yeah. And you're feeling loved. Yeah. So you feel his love through, through experiences, I guess. Mm-hmm. I like to view people, how they feel God's love through love languages. You mm-hmm. know how you like. Yeah. So is your love language acts of service or? It's definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, that was a good acts of service. God, yeah. Thank you for yeah. saving one of my ovaries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a nice one. 
I, I, I feel like for me, mine is, um, it, physical touch is really big for me. And mm-hmm. so I will feel his mm-hmm. love and it, it's overwhelming. And once yeah. on my mission, we were, you know, when did you serve your mission? What year? Uh, 2016, 2018. Oh, okay. I, I had to wait. You know, cancer comes back sometimes. Oh, they made gosh. me wait. <laughs> wow. Okay. So how old were you? I was 26. <gasps> you're one of the saints. Like, cause like, that's so hard to serve yeah. when you're later. And so 26, that's awesome that yeah. you were like, you know, that you were around all these younglings and yeah. and good for you. Is the what elders like to play this game where they wanted to know what I was doing when they were born or when they were oh baptized. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so rude. Yeah. That's so rude. They're yeah. like, what were you doing when I was baptized? I was like, I was dating. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have a sense of humor yeah. when you're the older missionary out yeah. with all the younglings. Well, um, so we were doing, you know, I served 2010 to 2012. Yeah. And I know they've changed things a little bit now, which I appreciate. But back then, it was pretty numbers driven, mm-hmm. and it depended on the area, depended on the mission president, depended on the zone leaders, whatever. But we were in this one area, and we had come in, and I was Spanish speaking. And everyone that they were teaching were males, and everyone we went and visited were like, I like to learn because you're a female. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, you can learn from the elders. Bye. And so we dropped like all 10 of our investigators right, right when I got there. And so we were trying to get all these new investigators, right? And everyone kept asking for service from us. Mm-hmm. And my companion was newer. She's actually one of my favorite companions, even though she was a greenie. So I don't mean to hate on younger missionaries because yeah. I, I my, like the one of like, when I think of, like, my two companions that I really, like, am close with now, they were one of the younger ones. So I don't mm-hmm. mean to hate on that. Yeah. I, that's just me being dumb. But anyways, the point was, everyone kept asking for service. And it was a lot of service. Like, we would get home by the end of the day, and we hadn't taught a lesson. We mm-hmm. just done service all day. And both of us are like, what is wrong? Because we need to get investigators. We're going to have to report to the elders who teach five lessons a day, you know? And, yeah. and they're going to be like, sisters, what are you doing all day? Oh, we're just sitting gossipy. That's what yeah. we're doing all day, elders. Like We're painting our nails. Yeah, somehow. right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, we're out here because we want to be, you know? And so it was really distressing for me and for mm-hmm. her. And it caused contention in our companionship, even though we were super close. Like, both of us were like, are we doing the right thing? Just feeling the pressure. Right. Yeah. And one night, I finally was like, just ask God how mm-hmm. he feels. Because I'm avoidant. I'm so avoidant. I'm like, let's yeah. not cause contention. Yeah. Let, I'll just feel the burden of the awkwardness mm-hmm. and the pain. And then we just won't talk about it. So I finally go to God. And I'm like, Heavenly Father, are you mad at me? Like, mm-hmm. are we doing the wrong thing? And a tsunami of love came down. And it was just yeah. like... I, I remember I had to ask him to stop. I'm like, okay, I'm, I love. I get it. Yeah, we're love now. Like, I need to go to bed. Like, I'm exhausted yeah. already. And <laughs> you've wiped out everything. Because it was just so much love that I felt. And it was just like, you're doing what you need to be doing. You're serving. That is obviously the mission of Christ is, ser- mm-hmm. you know, serving others. And I just, in my black and white brain, it was really hard. Because I'm like, but I'm not teaching a lesson, like pulling out my scriptures right. and saying, and what do you think about this, Keely? Yeah. You know, and are you, will you accept the invitation, Keely, to read your Book of Mormon every day? I wasn't doing that. Right. And therefore, I thought I was bad. And the Lord's like, I live in gray area, and you are being a representative of Jesus Christ by serving my children. Right. And I just had to ask, but I remember that feeling of love of like, you know, I needed to recognize like, and so it's interesting when people don't believe in God. I'm like, I couldn't have made that up. You know, you have right. those experiences right. with God where you're like, 
I'm not that crazy. I'm mm-hmm. a different type of crazy that I love and adore, <laughs> but I'm not that type where yeah. I'm like, I'm miserable right now. Let me just conjure up joy that yeah. bursts out of my soul. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense scientifically. Right. You could just... Ta-da! <laughs> no, I mean, people, anyone that has depression understands yeah. you can't just snap out of it. Right. And I've had those experiences where the Lord has literally snapped me out of it by being like, I love you here, let me just dump it on you. So I love that conversation about the Lord keeping his promises because that's one of the hardest things as a single adult is you feel like, when are those promises coming? Right. Are they coming now or in the millennium? Because that's what right. I think, too. It's like, in my patriarchal blessing? Is this now or in the millennium? And either way, mm-hmm. I'm kind of one of those people that other people get annoyed with me, and that's fine, but this is how I live. I go, it doesn't matter to me if it's in this life or the millennium. Because mm-hmm. the millennium, my picture of it is like Mayberry, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus is on the earth. Satan is bound, <laughs> and I'm raising kids? That sounds dope. Sounds so good. Sign me up. Like, I'll have babies in the millennium just, like, yeah. pop them out and just, like, I don't know, not feel any pain. Who knows? I'm like, sure, we'll save the majority of my children for them. That yeah. sounds great, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, now is hard. And now you want those promised blessings now. So right. how do you deal with the weight? Um, honestly, the weight is the hardest part. I think for me, it was just realizing that he's going to keep the promise. Now, am I going to be ready to receive the promised blessing or am I going to be bitter? You know, making that decision. Am I going to live in a way that I'm ready for this blessing? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, when it came to marriage and children and stuff like that, I just decided to, focus on being a a woman who's ready for a celestial marriage, right? So I started to live in a way that I was ready for a celestial marriage, right? Right. I focused on my covenants. I focused on being a balanced person. And there's nothing I can do to really change men who are into me. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I can't conjure that up. I can't create that. But I can be my best self. And if I'm being my best self, I'm doing everything that I can to be ready to be ready to do my part right um if i had spent that time not caring about commandments or covenants and not caring about my career like i wouldn't be in a position to meet my husband and in in fact i was only able to meet my husband because i was sent to utah for seminary yeah right Right. like if i hadn't been striving to follow the spirit in every aspect of my life Mm -hmm. i wouldn't have been in a position to meet my husband and to have the life that I have. So that's what I, it's, it's almost like living as if those promises are already fulfilled. Right. Mm. You, in fact, there's an article, I should have brought it. It's by, uh, Lori Newbold, who, um, she works for seminaries and institutes. It's in the February of 22 Liahona. She, she does this whole article about this living as if the promises are already fulfilled. And she gives um, three main steps on how to do that, right? Mm. Um, I don't remember what they are. It's way good, though. It's way good. But she talks about how, like, God lives in this place where his, like, past, present, and future are all in one. He lives in eternity, Mm. right? So for us, we get kind of stuck in the present, Mm -hmm. right? Right now, this sucks. And he sees us both as we used to, or, as we used to be, not both, yeah. <laughs> as we used to be, as we are now and as what we will become. Right. And sometimes we don't see that for ourselves. Um, that's part of why I really like, um, the principles of acquiring spiritual knowledge that there's one that 
the examined concepts and questions with an eternal perspective. What are you referring to right now? I don't know what this For is. For doctrinal mastery in seminary, they okay. have these principles of acquiring spiritual knowledge. Cool. And um, those three principles help kids with their questions and concerns and trials, how to figure out how to stay close to God while in that hard space, yeah. right? And this is in the seminary manual? It's Yeah, it's in the Doctrinal Mastery Core document on Gospel Library. Okay, so it's on the yeah. library. Yeah, cool. um, but the, the one that I love the most is examining concepts and questions with an eternal perspective, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes, right now, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't feel good that God's promise isn't fulfilled right now when I think it yeah. should be. But as we take a step back and we look at the entire picture, right? Just because right now it's not working out the way I think it should be doesn't mean it won't, mm-hmm. right? And and eventually, if I choose to stay faithful as I as I exercise my faith in this difficult time, right. I can see that promise fulfilled eventually. Yeah. It doesn't make the space right now any easier for sure, yeah. but it does make it manageable. How do you live, though, like it's already come? Because that's a concept I've heard in, mm-hmm. you know, manifesting and, and you know, right. self-help books and things like that. And that's a concept that my black and white brain has a really hard time with because that don't make no sense. You know, right. it's like, right. what do you mean it's already come? And so do you have any, like, experience with that of, like, being like, okay, as if it's already here? Like, it's something, I guess, a little bit more tangible for my brain because mm-hmm. that's something right now I'm waiting on the Lord for a really big promise that he has been like, it's coming soon. Like it's, he hasn't been like, oh, it's off in the future. It's like, it's going right. to happen and I'm still waiting and I'm still struggling. And I've actually had this experience where, um, I, uh, ugh, just money has been really stressful and, um, my child needed, needs me to be home now. He has behavioral issues at school. So we do a hybrid homeschool. And so I had to change my job and change my lifestyle and all this stuff. And so I'm home now more and I'm, I'm very much hand in hand with God in my business. And, um, we got an eviction notice and it came out of nowhere. I thought they had got this money that they didn't. Mm -hmm. And so, it was okay because the check, I, I was like, if you get the check, like, will you be okay? Will I not get evicted? And they're like, yeah. And, but it still was this like terror of mm-hmm. like, I could get kicked out kind of the, thing. The reality of your situation. Sure. Yeah. It, it was a fear that I thought wouldn't happen. And then it did. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting, I have this wall, as you saw when you came in of the pictures of Jesus. And I sit there and it's kind of my holy place in my house. And I was sitting there crying and just like, in fear because I didn't know if it was going to work out at that point because I thought they had the money they didn't. And I was trying to Mm -hmm. work that out. And, um, you know, I'm the sole provider of my child and it it just feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, Holy father, you know, like just crying out to him. And I all of a sudden felt him say the worst is over. And I was like, "Mm, that sounds like something I would say to myself. Like Mm -hmm. the worst is over. Don't worry. Now it's like, all cupcakes and rainbows yeah and i happen to love cupcakes and rainbows so that would be great but he said again no the worst is over and how you'll know is tomorrow you will see a peacock and i was like this i'm crazy like this is like this, <laughs> this is, is that other kind of yeah, crazy <laughs> yeah i'm like i am creative and crazy this yeah sounds, this sounds like my type of crazy like good yeah. for me i have a really creative brain so right. but i felt that comfort i felt that hug i felt that love from heavenly father and so I just was like, all right, whatever. And I went to bed. Um, the next day I forgot about it. 
and I promised my child I would take him to this museum. It's free. And so we drove down the next day and we're walking around. We see the giraffe and then we turn and then all of a sudden I see this case of this peacock in the case. And I just start laughing. Yeah. I'm like, there's a peacock. <laughs> like, because I get laughed the night before. I was like, when am I going to see a peacock? Like, I yeah. saw peacocks on my mission. They, there were a lot on my mission, actually. And so I remember thinking, like, the last time I saw a peacock was in California 10 years ago. Yeah. So I see this peacock, and my son's like, what, what's going on, Mom? And I'm like, I tell him, I said, you know, Heavenly Father told us the worst was over, and how I would know is I would see a peacock. And then we turn the corner, and there's this other case of, like, all these different mm-hmm. types of peacocks. There was more peacocks, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So we go, and I'm just feeling so good. And we go on the rest of the, the tour of the museum, and then we come to the end, which is, I think, Elder Packer, President Packer's room. And he loved birds. He mm-hmm. loved collecting birds. He loved painting birds. I don't know. Anyways, we come in the room. There's peacock figurines. There's peacock little, you know, wooden things. And, you know, there were more peacocks in that museum than any other type of animal. <laughs> like, there, you know, and there's all these animals in the museum, and there were more peacocks. To me, I just saw peacocks. Yeah. And then there's this beautiful portrait of a peacock and Peter my son turns to me goes mom I know why Jesus told us to look for peacocks because there's so many (laughs) and I was like he knew we were going to go to the bee museum the next day and he was like you know what there's a lot of in that museum peacocks yeah and that and 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 so anyways I I know I couldn't make that up like that is something that I had forgotten we were going to go to the bee museum I did not think oh you know what's at the bee museum peacocks you know like and I just saw that's Heavenly Father promising to me that mm-hmm. the worst is over. And and you know what's interesting is we got another eviction notice like after that. Um, and it was just another like miscommunication with funds right. and things. And so we got it resolved again. But um, I I remember being like the second time around wasn't as bad. Like it was yeah. like I was strengthened. And so even though hard times will still happen. I feel this level of strengthening I've never had before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not dating right now for, and I am not looking for that as like a numbing yeah. kind of thing. You know how it's like you can date to like get a high or to, you know, to just numb the pain. And I'm mm-hmm. not doing that. And not that dating's bad, but to me right now, I feel like I'm in a place that I need to be in and I just feel the Lord strengthening me. And it's interesting because I'm waiting upon these promised blessings of financial stability that mm-hmm. haven't come yet. And, but the Lord has got me through everything and we have everything we need, you mm-hmm. know? And so I'm like, I guess I'm answering my own question right now. of yeah, like kinda. acting like it's already like yeah. your students do right on Monday. This is what Monday's like. This is what Monday's <laughs> like right here. Cause like I'm asking you a question and I'm like, Heavenly Father, like the spirit's like, Let, let's just keep talking and you'll hear yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just, I feel that, like when I sit, so to me, when I sit in the future, that's anxiety. And in the past, that's depression. But when I'm in the present and I look around, I go, this is peace. Like mm-hmm. the, I am okay. I don't have an eviction notice. I don't right. have debt collectors. I don't have my electricity's on and we have heat. Like when I look around, I'm like, no, this is the, yeah. the blessing. It's yeah. here. It just doesn't look how I want it to look. Yeah. I right? think that's the biggest conflict is that we have this picture. Yeah. Of what the blessing should be. Right. I never, if you had asked me at 18 years old, if I was going to be married to somebody who had three kids previously, yeah. if I was going to be a seminary teacher, like all of those things yeah. that my crazy. life is now, I'd be like, yeah. no, yeah. no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, be, even though it's not at all what I had expected, 
it's exactly what I needed. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that is where the peace comes is when you realize that just because the picture that you had in your head, just because that's not how it looks, doesn't mean that it's not great. Right. Right. We need to learn to let go of the picture in our head and allow God to shape us and and guide us to the things that are best for us Mm -hmm. and not the things that we think we want. Yeah. And I, I think of that song, Fix You by Coldplay. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It's like when you get the things you want, but not the things you need. And yeah. it's a negative. He's saying, listening to all yeah. these negative things. He's like, and it's like, yeah, we, the Lord gives us what we need and not what we want. And right. that's because he loves us. And, right. And, and right now it's like, I got to go to Taylor Swift concert a couple weeks dope. ago. And my friend paid for everything. She yeah. paid for my flight. She paid for the hotel. She paid, right. and she paid for my ticket. Yeah. And I'm like, I broke as a joke and I got to go see Taylor Swift. <laughs> like, that is cool. That's yeah. peacocks. Right. Those are my peacocks. Like, right. I'm just being like, see, the Lord is taking care yeah. of me. And and instead, I, like Satan puts in my mind, but it's not the way you thought right. it would be. But it's like, but when I sit right here and I look around, I go, no, my life is like, my life is good. My life is peaceful. My life is, right. it, it is the blessings that he's right. promised me. Well, I think also, I often don't see those blessings until I look back, mm-hmm. right? Um, when, <laughs> when I was experiencing cancer, it's not like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, great, this is going to be wonderful in the end. Right. You don't think that in the no. moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so don't, I, I think we, we also think we have to have this perfect attitude in the middle of trial. Well, right. Let's just... Just get that out of your brain because yeah. you don't, you're a human being, yeah. right? We're and you're working on faith. Yeah. Right. And so you can have some struggle. You can be like, oh, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm okay. Right. Yeah. What, whatever you got to do in the midst of the trial and, and don't forget to look back and see how God was in the details. Mm-hmm. Right. I, in the midst of cancer, I wasn't feeling great. Right. But looking back, I see how it shaped my whole life. It changed the trajectory of my life and I became the person I am because of it. But in that moment, that's not what I was thinking. Right. And you're also, you're not like this. I lost my train of thought. Uh, that was beautifully said. I have nothing to add to that. Okay, great. Yeah, exactly. Well done. Is there anything else, Keely, you would like to add? Um, honestly, just look back on your experiences, read through your patriarchal blessing. See, I, the other night in preparation for this, mm-hmm. right, I was reading through my patriarchal blessing and I was focusing in on when he makes promises Yeah, and yeah. it was kind of a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. I got to see all of the promises that he's made to me and I started to notice several that have already come true, yes. like several promises that he's already fulfilled. Right. And it was kind of awesome. Yeah. You're like, you're like thinking it's still in the future. Right. But right. it's already happened. Right. Or it's your current. State. Right. And, and sometimes we forget to look back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have never felt more loved by God than when I see how he keeps his promises to me, how he goes out of his way for me. That's how I know he loves me. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. I wish we could, like, just talk all day. That's so beautiful. I honestly needed this, like, with all sincerity because I I just read my picture of Blessing the other night <laughs> and didn't have that experience. I thought, oh, all of these will happen. 
Yeah. These will all happen. But it's so funny because as you said that, I was like, oh no, no, that is happening now. And yeah. that has happened. That has happened. Yeah. And I kept putting it in the future tense in my human brain being like, it should look like this. Mm-hmm. But here it's interesting because I can think of several things by patriarchal blessing that I'm like, oh no, that's, that's current. That is right now. Like, yeah. like we're saying. So yeah, that, you know, it's like eyes to see and ears to hear. It's like, if we tune our perspective to see it in the Lord's way, mm-hmm. we'll have more gratitude mm-hmm. and gratitude. I think sometimes we think it has to be forced, but really it comes naturally. Once you just start to look and just see the Lord's blessings, you're just like, Oh, I'm just grateful for yeah. that. You know? And the Lord doesn't demand gratitude. He wants it for us because yeah. gratitude just makes you feel better. It's true. You know, you're just like, <laughs> oh, that is like, I do have a wonderful life. You know, yeah. it's like the movie. It's a wonderful life. You yeah. know, like his circumstances didn't change when he decided to live and he decided to, he wanted his family. He didn't know that he was going to go home and there was going to be all this money and everything mm-hmm. would be taken care of. The right. circumstances didn't change. And he was already grateful right. and wanted that. Right. I love that movie. Me too. It's so good. <laughs> I just watched a documentary on the men that um, in World War II went out and filmed World War II and mm-hmm. things like that. And one of them was the director of that movie. Oh. And he hadn't made that until he got back from World War II. And when it first came out, it was a flop. And and now it's one of... It's it, a freaking classic. It's a classic. Everyone's yeah. seen that movie. And you watch it every Christmas and it's absolutely incredible. And that was a cool documentary because it was just like, you never know how things do evolve over time. Like at first you might think, mm-hmm. oh, this was a failure. What was I thinking? Because when he did make that movie, he was like, oh, I need to take a step back from movies because I thought this was great and you guys hated it. Mm-hmm. And then people came to love it over time. So some blessings evolve, you know, mm-hmm. or change in ways that you didn't see. Yeah. Anyways, the Lord is really cool like that. He's, he really is. He, he is. He's, he's the coolest. He is the coolest. <laughs> In the South, they say our God is an awesome God. And yeah, he, he is. is. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. yeah, God is good all the time. That's one of my favorite things, like the black people would say growing up. God is good all the time. I mean, I'm sure everyone says that, but yeah. I just love that phrase. But anyways, thank you again for coming. This no problem. Was, this was awesome. All right. Hope you all enjoyed that. For those of you who made it to the end. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week.